All right. Happy Thursday in our current timeline, everybody. Happy whatever time it is when you're currently listening to this. Uh, we continue to be a handbook for handbook for mortals. Uh, I remain James DeBrooker, and with me, as always, is my delectable co-host. I'm Megan Griffin. All right. Um, we are on chapter 11 of Lani Sarum's magnum opus. Are we on uh, 11? We are. I think we're on 11. Uh, Mine don't actually have numbers, so I, I, you could be completely right. But I thought we, we were on 10. We are. We just finished chapter 11, The Devils. Awesome. Okay, great. We are further well, than I thought we are. Sorry, The Devil, not The Devils. We'll get to there, that in my yeah. recommendation seg- segment. <laughs> uh so we used to do like a summary of what happened uh to date that just makes me more and more depressed because it reiterates how little has happened uh (laughs) in this xeno's paradox of a book so um i'll do it if you want okay yeah you you do you do it i trust your judgment book opens and we have a misunderstood 20 year old who has decided to leave home where her mother has kept her for far too long and she feels so uncomfortable with who she is. So she is going to go find a normal life in Las Vegas. And so she goes and auditions for a magic show and then falls in love with two guys, maybe. And that's about it. That's about what's happened. Oh, and at one point she does get attacked by someone who has yet to come back up. Yeah, pretty much. Um, This chapter, before I get into the the poetic summation of the tarot card, I can summarize it real quick. She turns down two things to go do a thing, and the thing that she goes and does happens off screen. (laughs) Yes. So she turns down activities... For an activity that we don't see any. Damn. But there's also right. so much to talk about here. Yeah. I think the, the conversation is going to be longer than... This is definitely one of those episodes where the conversation is going to be longer than the chapter itself. Oh, yeah. All right. Um. So, The Devil, Trump 15. Um. Here we go. From Alan Moore's Promethea. That keeps me warm at night. Uh, these long, long winter nights where I'm reading... Handbook for Mortals. <laughs> it all depends on what we mean by this, the devil, card 15. A pentacle surmounts his frown with four points up and one point down. Four elements of matter rise while spirit downmost trampled lies. The spirit's world we thus conceal while matter's realm seems all that's real. Thus Satan offers Christ unfurled, the wealth of the material world. The devil is then by and large materialism's fierce mirage. So in the light renaissance brings, the age of regions spreads its wings. The rational now holds full sway and science ascends as God gives way. Materialism's steady creep which William Blake called Newton's sleep brings worldly blessings fair and fine yet blinds mankind to the divine such tempting gifts that this devil brings steam engines printing splendid things that in their wake an age decree of spiritual drudgery alright uh, so there is reference to um, Satan in the Garden of Cthesmany, the whole Last Temptation of Christ thing, which is a really good movie, and you should see it. 
Um, and it has it has nothing to do with anything that happens. You know, in the what I well, find so amusing is that if I'm going to have named every chapter after um, a trunk card, I'd make it a little bit more theme and like make this chapter be about I don't know a mortal enemy of some sort. Well, as the guy who's reading the Crowley, I can tell you that the devil as enemy is really a misguided summation. But anyway. My opposition, then? Well, it's something. I, You know, it's... it's there it, should be a significance, right? Right. Or someone should fall from grace in some way in this. But I really can't overemphasize this. Nothing happens <laughs> in this chapter. There is evidence of something happening. Yes. But nothing happens in this chapter. Which I think, so, there was a point where I went and nothing, this chapter is completely pointless. And it was a chapter where it was entirely from, um, what do we call it, psychovision or slasher vision. Slasher vision, Which yeah. was... Let's see here. I'm trying to find the name of this chapter. So I continue to stall as I flip through pages. Chapter 9, Temperance. Oh, this is amusing. So chapter 9 is labeled. Wait a second. Is chapter 9 labeled chapter 9 for you? And is yeah. chapter 11 labeled chapter no, 11? No, chapter 11. Yep, okay. Yep. Mine is not. That's weird. Yeah. But yeah, so... chapter, chapter 9 is all slasher vision. Yes. Which and... we established that half of it shouldn't have been. Right. But it was also a point where I... I mean, the biggest argument in this book is that nothing ever happens. But literally, that was the most pointless chapter. It was a chapter where the author showed, excuse me, her stand-in character as being incredibly attractive. And that's about all that happened. Right. So now we are three chapters away from that. And still, nothing has happened. And the amount of nothing that happens has only increased. So the chapter opens with Zade in her dressing room. Yep. Where she is again going, I don't know which guy to choose. And again, I have asked the tarot cards and again, they are still not telling me anything, but this is so unique because they usually tell me something. But again, last chapter we talked about how they said nothing. Well, I think they're trying to tell her that the owner of a lonely heart is much better than the owner of a broken heart. Uh, there's a um, there's a lot of makeup branding. Oh, which... let's talk about this. I'm sorry. Okay, so I don't know about how much. Well, your partner used to perform some, right? Yes. Now. Did she have to use her own makeup or was there like a company's makeup or like a makeup person? Uh, depends on the show. A little bit of both. I also wear makeup. I mean, I know that, but you don't perform. I keep, I mean, I wear makeup too. Like that's not the question. The question Uh, here is from a performance standpoint, there is specific kind of makeup that you have to own and wear or, I mean, especially for a, such a popular Las Vegas show that this is. And that's brands like, uh, I think Ben Nye is the most common. Um, okay. And, and the, the point of it is, is that it's, when you look at these people, um, my, my performance experience comes from marching band. I never was in any kind of drama or anything. But even our color guard, you had to wear the most dramatic, dark makeup that you look at the person and you're laughing at like how painted their face is. But it's so that the people in the back can see you. 
Well, not, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, stage makeup is its own special skill. Right. Benefit and Too Faced are brands that, like, I would buy to wear on a daily basis. It's not performance makeup, and it's also probably not waterproof. Some of Benefit is, um, but again, it's not it's not stage makeup. So we've got, uh, I'm trying to find the list of, of stuff here. Um, someone who reviewed this, uh, Jenny Trout reviewed this chapter and actually broke down the price of each thing. OPI gel nail polish, Benefit Too Faced, so, wait, Curlers. It is skin. every color of OP gel nail polish. Um, that every kind, every kind of Benefit brand makeup, and then extra fun eyeshadow from Too Faced in every color they make, and lipstick as well. And then, uh, Sudu curlers, and then different moisturizers from Kiehl's skin products. Ignoring the Kiehl's, she calculated that the first four things of that is twelve grand in products. Huh. And there's no way that a show is buying one performer 12 grand of makeup that is not stage makeup. Well, stage makeup can also be in sort of how you put it on as much as what you put on. So Agreed, but we're talking at like actual... Oh, you know, yeah, sure. Once you get to like a professional level, I'm yeah. sure that they have people. I mean... There, there should be a, a makeup artist on staff... Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming that David Copperfield has a makeup artist on staff. Spoilers for later in the chapter. <laughs> right. Um, and B, you, it shouldn't be makeup that you're allowed to sit around and play with. Agreed. And I... Go ahead. No, no, no. That's It's fine. Like, it's just... The first time I read this, I laughed. Then seeing the price tag, it again read as like, this is my fan fiction of myself. This is how I wish my life was. Oh, totally. Absolutely. A hundred percent. That That's what I was going to say is that it re it, if I had written this book, the main character would have had a race car bed or something like that because that's, <laughs> but a full adult one, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I mean, like I get it. And honestly, like this is not to say that maybe, you know, there are Vegas show people, Instagram and social media is such a big thing. I could see people sponsoring um, a, a performer. Like, if she had such a big Instagram, you know, take any kind of... If she of, were an influencer? Yeah, like Broadway stars that are on um, Instagram and things. Like, they do, they get sponsors and stuff like that. So, like, if this was sponsored stuff, that'd be one thing. And if there was, like, a comment of, like, I play around with it and then snap pictures for my social media feed that was suddenly off the hook because I am all super cool and hip. Um, that'd be one thing, but no show is shelling out 12 grand. Cause the assumption is either it's just her, which is sketchy or it's for every headliner or like level of and performer, which is at least two or three people. Either way, we're talking like, so much money that yeah so that's my annoyance with the first page <laughs> um then jackson shows up yes jackson invites him or jackson invites lanny to a um 
late show tonight after work. Uh, and she can't because she's got that new allergic illusion to work on with Charles. She feels guilty, but whatever. Yep. And again, um, nothing's really benefited or learned about Jackson because he's a placeholder. Well, we are informed that he just oozed charm and charisma like no one I had ever met. Which I think this is the second use of ooze in what is broadly speaking supposed to be a positive context. Let's because see. I, I I remember thinking to myself, ooze is a not necessarily. <laughs> it is. You're right. What's the first use of the positive man, ooze? The man ooze charm the way normal people sweat in Vegas heat. Okay. Oh, was wait. it also to describe Jackson? Um, no, it was about Cam. Oh, okay. So things are oozy. Um, but but Jack- that's I would never want anybody to describe me as oozing oozing anything other than like, hey, you're oozing and you might need to see a doctor. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, she leaves or Jackson leaves his sunglasses in the room. She runs out. Jackson has disappeared. Um, well, no, actually, when I reached the hall, Jackson was nowhere in sight, but Charles and Zeb were in the hall, and they seemed to be having a heated discussion. Now, have we ever seen Jackson in the same room as Charles and Zeb? <laughs> we have not. You went a completely different direction. I assumed he ran away crying at the rejection. But... No, I, I think I think that... Um... Which one do you think it is? Well, I think I think that uh, gosh, what is the, there? Are, there are two Dragon Ball characters that do this, um, <laughs> where they uh, they combine. Um, gosh, I mean, there's this, a DC I, character Firestorm that also does this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hold on, Dragon Ball combination. I mean, I think theoretically, like they've all been generally in the room together, but at, at where they all have speaking parts or have been like noticeably said to be god damn it i keep hitting my mic noticeably said to be active in a scene no okay um doing far more research in dragon ball (laughs) than i ever thought i would it appears that it is called the fusion dance and multiple characters have used it including goten and trunks goku and vegeta and piccolo and Krillin, amongst others. So, Which ones were you thinking of? Um, I don't know. I saw it in a <laughs> GIF. It was... I don't... I never got into Dragon Ball. Um, I didn't either. So, yeah. I just assumed that uh, Jackson split into his component parts of uh, oh, CS Wizard Dad and Zebulon. Um, you mean Spellman? Yeah, sure. And Zebulon. Yeah. Zeb, for short. Um... <laughs> And then, uh, what are they fighting about? Because Z- or well, Zade assumes instantly it's about her. Right. It's not good. That much I can tell you. I just don't know how bad and what it all means. I heard Zeb sa- say, sounding worried. Charles responded in an equally grievous tone. You know, we have to let some things take their own course. You must let it go for now. That's not the Which, right use of grievous, is it? I. I it's. I don't think so. I could be wrong. It smells weird to me. Okay. Uh, they're being very secretive, and then they 
do that thing where two people are having a conversation that is obviously not about a third person and that third person shows up and they immediately stop the conversation. Um, it's silly magician troubles. Zet, and then they disappear back into his office. So again, we don't know any, we know that something abstract is bad and the conversation of what is bad happens off screen. Um, I, for all I know, Zeb lost all of the show's money at the fucking Greyhound track or something. Honestly, spoilers, I don't even remember what is bad here. I don't think it's ever referenced as to what they're arguing about. That's funny. Like, I, uh, I, I could be completely wrong and I might eat crow about that later, but like, I have no fucking clue. Uh. This is... The, the further we go into this book, the less of a hold it has on my conscious recollection. <laughs> Um, so then we jump time again, um, a few days later, Tad, Mac and I were standing backstage, so we've jumped time, so cool, and she's in pain, which means she's stretching, so she's probably somehow sticking out her boobs, and thus every guy is stopping to stare, right? I I was trying to figure out what pose she was striking. Uh, let's see. Started to feel well, weird stuff is in my back, pain shooting down, stretching usually helped. Wasn't really thinking how I would look with my toes pointed oh. and my leg pulled up and pressed against the wall. So I think theoretically she's got one leg up and is like doing the splits against the wall. Okay. But the next thing I knew, Cam was standing right in front of me, bent down so he was eye to oh. eye with me. Yeah. Okay. I've done this before. So it's essentially like splits, but then I'm not as flexible as I used to be, or I'd show you, and I have no but idea what this pose is b- called. bent over at a 90-degree yes, angle? Yes, yes, where okay. her legs are, like, against the wall, and she's stretching and trying to touch her toes. Okay. Or probably okay. touching her toes because she is Zade. So. Okay. Um, and she sure is stretchy. And we've got um, Cam coming back. Like, Cam's not been here a while. Speaking of oozing, like, welcome oh, back, yes, Cam. Yeah. You exist. Yes. Uh, and they're talking about their camping trip, which I actually remembered was planned. Um, oh, cool. I didn't. So I remember now, see, I remembered that there was a camping trip planned, but when she mentions later, I forgot to tell you earlier today, but I can't go. I had no idea what she was talking about (laughs) because there's just, there's nothing holding the story together. Well, there's. There's just one line where she says, "I'd love." She says to Jackson, "I'd love to, really, but I got that new illusion to work on with Charles." So she's working with. That's how she begs off Jackson. Yes. And then, but then it's a few days later, and she's like, "I I can't go." Yeah. And I'm just like, I. It it reads as much more. Oh, I can't describe motive to this. If it were willfully done, it would make Zade seem secretive and sketchy. Oh, this entire paragraph or this entire chapter makes her seem sketchy secretive and, and secretive and. But but I I don't th- insofar as I am willing to ascribe authorial intent to anything, I I I will do it with this book because the author is so explicit about her authorial intent. Uh, and I, I don't think she may, means to make Zaid seem sketchy in this chapter. I don't know, but it just... Uh, yeah, I think the intent is to make her look flighty. 
Okay. Or, like, that things are so busy she forgot. Right. But, like, have... If she, even if she had told Jackson, who's not involved on in the camping trip at all, yeah, I've got to work with Charles about this new illusion, and we're going to be rehearsing after work every day for the next right. couple weeks or something like that. Establish it, yeah, abstractly, because this is equally news to us as it is Mac. And we have, theoretically, we have a, a hotline on the, uh, the the character's thoughts and feelings because she's narrating the action. Right. Um, so Matt gets mad and a bit justifiably so in a way like, okay, it might have been her idea, but she's also allowed to back out. Like, it's not yep. that big of a, I mean, it's, it would annoy the shit out of me, mm-hmm. but like... I don't know. I think Mac has enough reason to be annoyed with her um, rehearsing with Charles because it's like from several different standpoints. One, it's just Zayd and Charles from the sounds of this, which sounds like an HR and workers comp nightmare waiting to happen. And two, Charles has slept with his lead performer or at least a performer that we know of who knows how many other ones. So like this is entirely viewed as you are blowing me off for this man who is known to be sleeping with his performers. Yeah. And it's, and and add in the fact that it says earlier I knew he, meaning Mac, had had a rough week. Among other things, equipment had broke down, causing issues during the show. So we have established that things aren't necessarily working correctly. Mm-hmm. And you are staying with the head of the show who is known for sleeping with his performers to work one-on-one on an illusion. Like, it reads as a very thin excuse to me. Yeah, and well, and now we're getting into you know storm clouds gathering on the horizon because there's another time jump. Well, first, one more thing I wanted to say about this yeah. is that there is the mention of the new illusion ready by the show's anniversary. Now, mild spoiler, but we do get to see the new illusion, but there is never, ever, ever a reference to show anniversary. Is it the anniversary of the first show? Is it the anniversary of her starting? Like, I have no idea what this anniversary is. But it's never referenced again. Because, like, reading this for the second time, I was like, what the hell anniversary are we talking about here? So, yeah. Just, so, just like, a, I guess, mild spoiler. Like, there are three editors. That's all I'm saying. So. <laughs> so, time jump again. Mac is coming over to Zade's place for dinner. Zade makes beef stew. And... Yada yada yada. So so this is this is the money shot of the chapter. Uh, it turns out that off screen, Charles had taken Zade to David Copperfield's show and a four star restaurant. Yes. And you went to dinner and a show. I thought you were going to be working the whole time. He said, sounding brash and accusatory, which. 
I am okay with Matt getting pissy at this. Yes. Like, kind of. Because, again, they haven't just, nobody's sat down and gone, this is what our relationship is. So if she's screwing the boss, they're not exclusive. Well, right, and and it's 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 counterfactual, and and I I so I will not argue it because arguing counterfactuals is always useless. However, one can easily imagine a scene where she says, "I am going to be rehearsing with Charles, and he's taking me out to dinner and a show." For I mean, again, that's super fucking weird and bosses don't take their employees out to dinner and a show particularly no. not dinner and a show at a four-star restaurant but i i feel that well whatever show part, but yes well it, it's it's not the crime it's the cover-up yeah and, and 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 so it is i can understand mac being pissy that zade didn't tell him about this yeah and we have no means because there's the time jump which I would have made a note of like enter crap here or enter scene here there. We don't have a way of being like defending Zade. Like it it feels like we're supposed to just be on Zade's side on how she talks. But again, like no Zade, these are not normal things. It it actually makes it a fascinating read doing it a chapter at a time and having no context because I'm suddenly really kind of emotionally invested. No! no! No, 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 no. But not, not, not in the way that the rest of the book wants me to be. Right. I, I, I find myself going, I, be, because this is not going to turn into a thriller where, where. As much as Zay, we keep trying to make it. Right. Where, where Zade is either the victim of some evil manipulator or an evil manipulator herself uh, and etc etc. Funny story I actually got into a non-zero amount of trouble due to a camera girl situation once. Uh, um, oh by the way the picture was that kind they take at dinner as a photographer often, often called, called a camera girl. Like okay thank you for what that a- revelation. It's such a weird, as you know, Bob moment. This is such a, this, this, this is such a, but yeah, I was at, um, I was at a, uh, uh, anniversary of a bar, uh, in Somerville with a friend of mine. And because it was the anniversary, they, they had someone there taking photos for, uh, I think it was like the, the globe or something like that. So like a, the food section of the globe was there. Right. And so they're like, Oh, Hey, take a, you know, let's, let's take a photo. And so there's a photo of me with this arm around someone that I was not dating at the time. And then it got published in the Boston globe. And so the person that I was dating that I, you know, my partner got some messages about like, so who's James with in that photo there? Um, Pictures are never smart. I know. So yeah, like, I mean, and then it just, it's just like, like to go over this, there's a picture and the tickets and they're prominently displayed. Yes. And then, And, and, and he asks about them. And she treats him like, why the hell are you asking about this? But then she smiles and bats her eyelashes. Like, what are you trying to accomplish here? 
I, what's and it gets even better because it I I I just I just noticed this again right now. You have to purchase the photos. It's like a fucking roller coaster where they take everybody's photos and then you can get on the way out. Um, so so there is there was a lot of willful action here and a lot of choices made by our protagonist that yeah are much more interesting if you view them in a negative light and I am not willing to ascribe that level of depth to this book at this point. So apparently so, table 10, which is the four star restaurant mentioned in this book has closed down. Okay. Um, in case you are wondering, I was curious as to anything about this restaurant, but apparently it was a very pricey restaurant. Um, Yelp has the price between for um, an entree between thirty-one and sixty dollars. Um, it looks like it actually closed recently because the last uh, review of it is from December twenty-sixth. So, wow! Farewell, table ten. Um, um, I, I just and yeah, that's. I know that's, that's like, this is the end of the chapter, but I got so much more I got to say here. No, no, no. Go nuts. Go nuts. We're, we're given descriptions of outfits, particularly Max, who is in dark denim Levi jeans and a nice maroon and brown pattern button-up shirt with his coordinating brown suit jacket. His sterling silver handcuffs peeking out just past the end of his jacket sleeves. Now, Zane... Wait, 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 wait. Sterling silver handcuffs? No, no, no. Cufflinks. Sorry. Cufflinks. Did I say handcuffs? Sorry. You definitely said handcuffs. I was like, I know. Okay. I know that we're all about taking this book into places where the book doesn't want to go, but I, like, no, I would have. It would have been so much better if it was handcuffs. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Um, Mac in his, in his coordinated zip ties sticking out from his shirt pocket. I do have zip ties on my desk currently. Um, Therefore, the the cords I have under my desk that I'm yep. eventually going to organize, but that requires Make those a cords weekend. Call you daddy. Um, <laughs> and so I lost my train of thought briefly as I um, apparently oh thinking a coordinated of, outfit. Uh, thinking of handcuffs, but uh, for someone who is so, I am not that girl. Air quotes. I don't like shopping at the mall. I don't like girly things we've got a, someone who is so very name or label brand aware mm-hmm. to like like i don't consider myself to be much of a label whore or anything like that but if you walked in wearing levi's i'm not gonna fucking know looking at them that you're wearing levi's i mean for you i'd assume they're gap because i think that's the only jeans you buy but yep. like my boss was wearing jeans today. I can't tell you what brand they are. So why is it necessary to know what brand of jeans he's wearing? Particularly when they're just sort of the standard yes. jean. If if you if you write he was wearing jeans, then odds are your reader is going to assume yeah. Levi's. If you write in if you write that he was wearing fucking some hot shit Japanese selvage raw denim pair of jeans then 
you're an asshole, and that also provides more detail than just... It's like, he was drinking... Well, now, because even if you said, you know, he was drinking a beer versus he was drinking a Bud Light, there's so much tied in with that that... Like, okay, he was drinking whiskey versus he was drinking Jim Beam. No, I agree. It feels like... And again, this book did start as a... Screenplay. screenplay so like maybe these are leftover commentaries of like i want him wearing levi's or like that's the kind of scene thing i am currently looking up maroon and brown patterned shirts because like i couldn't make it work in my mind and some of these pictures are amazing um do they so work i think that jackson is wearing this one and oh i might have to send this to you let's see if i can get it to focus oh yeah wow that is <clears throat> i will uh Take a picture of this and post it on Put our it the social media notes. Yep. Um, so that, you know, we can share what we think that Jackson is wearing. See, I've pictured him. I pictured him in a nudie cone suit, um, which if you've seen, if you look up nudie cone suits, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about because you've seen them on like, like Graham Parsons was famous for wearing nudie cone suits uh elvis had them they are um da, 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 very very garish cowboy suits famous huh. in the vegas scene oh yes uh yes i know what these are yeah yeah, yeah exactly myself, exactly um, so so i get wanting to look nice and i guess because i know a couple people that like a a suit not really a suit jacket like suit jacket implies that there are pants that match what she's talking about is a blazer right like that's well, what she's they, wanting there to is talk a about. there is a um c- particularly contentious part of the wicker man remake riff tracks where they get into a spirited debate <laughs> over suit versus sport coat and slacks oh, and i would i had this conversation recently i i i i, I maintain that one can buy a sport coat. One can buy a blazer. I, I, I can't get into the difference between the two. Uh, I think it's the number of buttons. Oh, God. I know this. Two, I just, uh, like, two, seriously, no joke. I have a friend that's looking to buy, like, he was like, I should get a blazer. And it was, like, a particular kind of blazer. And it thus led into this long conversation. And now I can't remember. I think it's the number of buttons. But uh, there is a distinction. Yes, there is a distinction between a blazer and a sports coat. I love that you say, like, you can buy a blazer, you can buy a sports coat. I was really hoping you'd be like, and you take your grandfather's suit and tailor it. Or something. Well, no, no, I mean, but but that's the thing. That's the thing. You buy you, you buy a suit, there's, there's pants involved. Yes, exactly. Like, you know, for someone who is so label conscious going to focus on what everybody's wearing in certain scenes we think you mean blazer and not that he took the jacket from his work suit surely he does like why would he own a suit i guess for weddings and stuff never mind that's a stupid question every guy should own yeah, a suit even if they exactly don't you own a suit work. because you're a fucking grown-up <laughs> um but you don't wear the suit jacket without the pants they are supposed to go together this is what I have learned from my guy friends that are very into fashion. So, yeah. Um, 
And you also don't wear sterling silver cufflinks to an informal beef stew dinner. Beef stew dinner. It's... <sighs> he looked handsome and I immediately felt underdressed in black leggings, a gray see-through shirt, and black boots. It... I don't know. It's... Which is entirely an outfit I would wear and am almost wearing right now. Yeah, it's a, it's a perfectly crop... It's it's a perfectly cromulent outfit, but it's just it is. This chapter is tantric anticlimax. It's it is so bad. It is it is anticlimax that just goes on and on and on. Like I just want to go through these jumps really quick. These time jumps. Like let me find the first one because. First of all, it's a few weeks since the last chapter. So here's the sentence before the time jump. I didn't know what silly magician's troubles meant, but I had a feeling that wasn't the real answer. I had another thing t- I should look into. A few days later, right, that so one's skip not that over. bad. Okay. Yeah, sure. But then you add in the fact that we have another one that goes... Um. We can hang out when you get back. I'll make dinner Thursday night. Mac nodded in agreement. The time went by quickly, and before I knew it, the two days off were over and everybody was back from the camping trip. Really? Like, so, not all of this needs to be in one chapter. You are trying to rush through, rush to the action. That is not action. You're here's skipping how, over it. This is how you plot this chapter to make it work as a chapter. And, and... Lanny Serum, I am as ever available for editing help. So this is what you do. Ja- open with Jackson inviting her to the late show of a ska band. She says, okay, sure. That sounds great. Cut to conversation with, Char- with, with Charles and Zeb. Charles says, Zade, we've got this new illusion that we're working on. It really needs to be good by the time the next big show on such and such. Okay. Then Zade goes, crap. Now I have to tell Jackson that I can't make it. And then have the stuff with Mac yeah. or have her or, or, or it, it is. It, 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 and then there you go. And thus Zade looks more sympathetic. It's a yep. little less creepy or the creepiness is placed all on Charles rather than mm-hmm. Zade and Charles. And nobody else can have James as their editor because James is mine and I need him. So. Okay. Well, <laughs> yes. Uh, and, and, and so the... Uh, but you're right. Like I'm, there's yeah. an editor... There's a way to... Yeah. Anybody. A, a beta reader, an editor. Somebody should have read this chapter and gone, I get what you're trying to do. Because theoretically, I get what she's trying to do here. Especially mm-hmm. having had read this entire book. I get what she's trying to do here. It is not done right. It is not done I did, well. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. I, 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 and I hardly had to do the splits up against a wall while bending over 90 degrees to, to give it a skeleton that made it flow organically from point A to point B. Right. And, oh God, can we talk about the splits thing really quick? This book has so much... Look at me, look at me. Aren't I gorgeous? Aren't I hot? I am perfect, but I don't think I am. 
but every guy is going to think so. There is not enough sex or kissing or any kind of physical shit to make this okay for me. Like I, it's like all of the buildup and not in like the good sense of a buildup. We had this. We've had this conversation on this podcast before. I know the we idea have, that but still the 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 the, the very chaste, very middle school approach to romance. You know, this boy has kissed me, therefore we're dating now. <laughs> but and I guess you could take the splits thing because that's probably the last time I did something like this. Because God knows that my flexibility has gone out the drain the last five years. Um, but you don't just do this shit in front of people where you're just like, and watch me put my leg up on the wall and no, I'm sorry. You just, maybe it's different in a theater. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But. Now, I don't want you to answer this question. I am, I am just stating this intellectually. I'm curious if we ever get to go back to the dinner and a show with Charles to provide context or if it just hangs over the the rest of the events because that's there's a lot to go on with that you will get resolution that's, okay that's i think the broadest thing i can say yep that doesn't give anything away um i don't know um oh and like again has sophia and charles broken up like, add into the fact that Mac is not angry about the fact that they keep working on any kind of illusion with, you know, out any crew. Like, what are the... Is, is her magic providing the lighting as well? Is it going to provide all the... I just... So much more goes into an illusion and a magic show. Any kind of performance other than just, like... Yeah, she's not doing she's not doing Ricky J close up card magic shit. Yes. It's it's there there's a production involved and it's not something that just two people can hash out can work before on. before airing it. But right. Sorry, that was just my minor tangent of like either there should be a comment from Mac of like something doesn't smell right here because like two people working on illusion is weird. Or someone needs to mention that Sophia and Charles broke up. Sophia and Charles have an open relationship. Something. Either... Sophie died in a fucking... I don't know. Like, yes. Magic yes. mishap. Yeah, you know? Either she's gone, or it's open, and thus you add a little bit more of that tension or possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, this chapter... Is over. It is over, and it is one of the few that, before we started doing a reread, I was like, I remember this chapter, and it's honestly that jump of the camping trip, of like, you should go camping. Two days later, it is that jump that always makes me, um, that makes this chapter stand out to me the most, Mm -hmm. as one of the most angry. Because, like, I couldn't tell you actually what happens in the next chapter at all. But yeah, chapter 12. It's uh, here comes the sun. Do, 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 do. Uh, and again, just so I can tell you, and I have no idea. I have an arc of this book um, for all I know, but it's, for the most part, oh, I guess it does have chapter 11 in front of it. And I, for whatever reason, didn't see it earlier. Okay. I take it back. This arc is not as fucked up as I thought it was. All right. Um, um, so chapter 12, uh, I think in this chapter, uh, 
I wish that we had done more viewpoint switching. Like this would this would be where I would have the chapter that was all slasher vision because I want I want uh, the events of the previous chapter retold Rashomon style from a different point of view, uh, so we can kind of parallax and figure out what exactly happened. So so maybe it's oh, you know I like that. I like because that. because because the time is so fragmented. Yeah, you know, have it have it be about Jackson's show and then the camping trip and then end with the uh, the the dinner and uh, that sort of thing. So that's that's what I would have happen in this. My face I made was not at uh, your commentary; it was at a sentence I read of the next chapter. No spoilers. Save it for the next chapter. <laughs> just a heads up. <laughs> Just, just like I have already recommended Ken Russell's The Devils, um, so I can't recommend that this week. I did want to ask if you want to add, this is totally up to you, uh, and I could cut this if you don't want to do it, but there are more celebrities this week recommending this book, and I'm always like, maybe we should add a segment of, like, here are the celebrities that recommended this book this week. Oh, oh, who is it now? Um, oh god, I can't think of his actual name, but Xander Harris... From Buffy. Oh, this week's. Nicholas Brendan. Thank you. I remember Nicholas. I couldn't remember Brendan. So. Um, he's had a rough time of things. Yeah. So he was also at the Comic Con with her. Um, I, you know, I'm glad. Fair play, Nicholas Brendan. You do you. Um, hang on. I want to see if anybody else had. This will get cut. Da, da, da. Yep, Nicholas Brendan was this week's. Um, there was a they went live um, from one of the comic cons this week. So and I, I watched like two seconds of it to on accident. Um, so um, the guy that played the Fonz, why can't I remember anybody's fucking name? Might have recommended it, but I think he also wrote a book. So he might have only talked about his book. So. Wait, the guy who played the Fonz recommended it? No, but I think they were um, in a booth next to each other at a Comic Con. What is his name? Henry Winkler. Thank you. He also played Bob Loblaw. I mean, I remember him as the principal from Scream in the first Scream. So um, I do believe that is the only one that has recommended it this week. So this might be not a regularly occurring um, segment, but... I would always, I, I would like to continue to talk occasionally about these celebrities who recommend. I need to correct a grievous error that I just made. Henry Winkler did not play <laughs> Bob Loblaw. He played Barry Zuckercorn. And I would hear no end of that if I got the wrong Arrested Development lawyer. There so you go. you're thinking of Barry Zuckercorn. Um, he's also, I think, the dad in Parks and Rec of, uh, um, what is really Steve? So he plays future Steve from Stranger Things, who is Jean. Oh, uh, Jean Ralphio. Yes, Jean Ralphio's dad. I'm glad that you understood that that time jump. Yes, yes. Um, um okay. So Nicholas Brendan, definitely. Yeah. Yep. Henry Winkler, Winkler, possibly. Possibly. Um, and I think that's all I got this week. Next time, I'll actually write them down beforehand. Okay. Um. But yeah. What goodness do you have to recommend to me this week? Uh, I started last time, didn't I? 
Yeah, I can go first you, if you want. You go first. You go first. I'm, st- I'm still thinking. Okay. Um, shit, I had something and then I totally lost it. Um, I had something that was related to devils and maybe as I talk, I'll remember it. But my original theor- thought to recommend was audiobooks, just as a general thing. I am currently listening to Tom Hanks lull me as I ride the subway as he reads his book, Uncommon Type, which is a collection of short stories. And it is just wonderful to listen to Tom Hanks sit there and read to me um, until he starts talking about sex. And I swear to God, his tone changes. And all I could think of was like, this is like listening to my grandfather tell me a story about sex and I'm so uncomfortable right now. So I, yeah, I just always assumed that Tom Hanks reproduced by sprouting I mean, or just something like, like that. I know he plays like one of the biggest rom-com like staples but Mm -hmm. he's never been that like suave sexy kind of character he's just more like the guy next door kind of character Uh so to me at least i love tom hanks and uh like i don't know it just it's a weird vibe oh i remember what i was gonna recommend um and in relation to our actual theme of the chapter with air quotes, uh, Wicked and Divine. Go read Wicked and Divine and actually read about Lucifer the Devil. Okay, that's a good one. Um, probably that is that remains the only cosplay I've ever willfully done is Lucy. Yes, you're actually the one who I think strongly recommended Wicked and Divine to me first. So. That makes sense. Uh, I'm going to recommend... I am going to recommend an album uh ken vandermark uh, is a saxophone player from chicago and he was given a macarthur genius grant and he used the money to form the peter Bratzman octet and tentet and they put out a few albums the first thing that they did was a three disc set uh it's peter Bratzman, it's ken vandermark it's a whole bunch of people um six or uh, eight other people doing free jazz and it is absolutely mind-blowing and there's nothing else like it so go out and type in Peter Brotzman B-R-O-T-Z-M-A-N-N into your YouTubes or your Spotify's or whatever and uh, listen to some really cool free jazz Very cool. so where else can they find you Megan? Uh, you can find me on my other two podcasts uh, the first one is Judging Book Covers um, the most recent episode is about a book called Restless by William Boyd. So we're going to talk about World War II spies, uh, and especially female world spies, and probably how much Haley Atwell should just play like 1940s period pieces, because she's all, she's just perfect for that time period. Um, and then my other one is Fabulous Retellings where we take an original fairy tale, discuss it, and then talk about five adaptations. Uh, We're currently doing 12 Dancing Princesses. Uh, That is if I can get my co-hosts to put down Injustice 2. um, (gasps) Who does she mean? Who does she mean? um, I don't know. You're going to have to ask her. Does Um, she have a PS4? Yes, and an Xbox. Um, Okay. I don't know which one she's playing it on. All I care is that she has stopped playing Mass Effect (laughs) over and over again. So... Hopefully I can pull her away for another episode. Um, and yeah, so 
she actually just texted me. She's playing Injustice 2 again. Um, so I also blame her because she mentioned Supergirl and I found fell down a Jeremy Jordan uh, YouTube hole the other day. So, James, where can they find you? Currently messaging your friend asking who she mains in Injustices 2. <laughs> Injustice. Um, um, I also have a podcast, Over the Tabletop, um, where my partner and I talk about two-player board games uh over the tabletop podcast at gmail.com over the tabletop libsyn facebook twitter etc um so yeah that's where you can find me and yeah that's it that's the only place i am i am nowhere else Uh, you can find me at work monday through friday uh i'm very proud of you i think it's been three or four episodes since you've uh uh it's gonna say sponsored your cat but I guess since the cat sponsored us. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, I, I, I can also be found no, petting it's okay. my cat Solstice. <laughs> it's okay. Um, Wasn't that what I recommended the first time I was ever on one of your podcasts? Is just recommend... I like, I like cats. Like, just the abstract. I think you did, a, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, all right. Uh, we will be back next week to talk about the sun. Um, yep. Maybe we will sing. Um, maybe I will have Here Comes the Sun stuck in my head for a week now. Probably. Please don't let that happen. Um, yes. Oh, I guess you could probably hear where you can find this podcast, uh, which is on Facebook and Twitter at Handbook Podcast. Um, yep. And the episodes and stuff are found on judgingbookcovers.com. Um, okay. Uh, shout out to Esther Ann who uh, comments and likes most of our uh, episodes and, you know, basically gives us the occasional, um, you know, you can do this kind of push while also laughing at the fact that we are doing this. Um, She made a comment about uh, us being a little sad that we were reading this again in our last episode. So uh, shout out to her and uh, don't forget to rate and review us. I guess I haven't asked that for a while. So, yeah, please do. Um, yeah, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Be seeing ya.